It's Tuesday, August 28th, so good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Airstream Chronicles podcast. My name's Rich, and I'm the show host, and today is Tech Talk Tuesday, so Tuesday morning, August 28th, bright and early here. And today, I wanted to talk about some of the drawbacks to today's digital technology. So I'm a huge digital technology fan. I love the telecommunications revolution. And, you know, normally I'm pro (laughs) expanding digital tech. But there are some moments where I find that digital technology becomes a little too invasive and it changes the flavor of travel in such a way as to take away from some of the experience. So what do I mean by that? Well, last spring, actually, you know, last winter, uh, my friends Josh and Lee, uh, former owners of the Hiker Hostel down in uh, Dahlonega, Georgia, at the start of the Appalachian Trail, they came out west, and they're traveling now as they've sold the Hiker Hostel. And so they came out west to do some explorations and driving around in a really cool um, refurbished Troopy, so a 4x4 off-road vehicle that they were full-time camping out of for months and months. They're still doing the same thing. They have purchased a different vehicle recently, so um, so there you go. They wanted a little more space. But they popped out here um, January, February of 2018, and we got to visit. They got some repairs done while they were in Prescott and then they were off to visit and explore some places. I actually gave them a couple of favorite places of mine to go explore and visit, uh, and and they went ahead and they did that. They went up to the Page, Arizona area, which is a stunning, amazing area. So if you're traveling with an RV and you've got time stopping into the Page area, Lake Powell, Horseshoe Bend, the Vermilion Cliffs National Monument, the Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument, they're all really close together, and as a matter of fact, when you're in that area, you're not too far from the Coral Pink Sand Dunes over in Kanab, Utah, and you're not far from Zion National Park as well, so there's a ton to see. And in the area, we're talking about the amazing rock formations, the, the really cool slot canyons, um, stuff that you can't find most anywhere else in the world. So in that area, there's the Perea River Canyon, so I believe that combined with um, with Buckskin Gulch is the longest slot canyon in the world. If it's not, it's really close to it, but I believe it is. So anyways, I sent Josh and Lee up that way, and I said, you need to go check out the Vermilion Cliffs National Monument, and if you can get a pass, um, checking out the wave. So if you're not familiar with the wave, go ahead and do a Google on that after and you'll find the amazing rock formation that so many photographers have wanted to photograph over the years. Now, the WAVE is a permit area. It's in uh, BLM, Bureau of Land Management, and you have to have a permit, and they only allow so many people in per day. Josh and Lee actually lucked out, and they were able to get a permit, so they went in and got to see the WAVE for themselves. But there are areas around there as well Um, that don't require permits, like Wire Pass, which is a cool slot canyon that leads into Buckskin Gulch, and Buckskin Gulch leads down to the Perea River Canyon. So all these things tied in together in an amazing area. And so I gave Josh and Lee the big warnings, because I've been going there for years. I love photographing a place called White Pocket, which is also in the Vermilion Cliffs National Monument. And on my last visit, it still did not require permits. I don't know if that's changed today. 
But as far as I know, White Pocket didn't require permits. Also to the north of the Vermilion Cliffs is part of the Grand Staircase Escalante and a really cool road called Cottonwood Canyon Road. And that road leads up to some other incredible slot canyons and amazing rock formations. And you can drive from Route 89 um, right up against the Arizona border north on Cottonwood Canyon Road all the way up to Kodachrome Basin, which is another great place to go photographing. And when you get up to Kodachrome Basin, you're not too far from Bryce Canyon National Park. So this area is awesome for, for all the stunning beauty, uh, recreational opportunities, photography opportunities. So if you ever get through the area, I suggest spending a good amount of time there. So Josh and Lee got in touch with me from a place called State Line Campground. It's on House Rock Valley Road. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's on the Utah-Arizona border, and you can approach it from the north, Route 89, or from the south, Route 89A, and 89A actually leads up to the north rim of the Grand Canyon. Like I was saying, this place is incredible. But so I got a text from Josh and Lee from State Line Campground. Now, the road, House Rock Valley Road, that leads you up to... Um, the entrance for the wave and for wire pass. This is the middle of nowhere, folks. Middle of nowhere. And the last time I had been in there, there's no cellular service in there. When you go into the Vermilion Cliffs, when you go into White Pocket, when you go into these areas, it's super remote. In my truck, in my Nissan Titan, I have a ham radio with me and I'm a ham radio operator. And just in case, I've always felt comfortable with that because I've always felt so isolated and so out there in the wilderness in the Grand Staircase and in the Vermilion Cliffs. And I started getting texts and photos from State Line Campground from Josh and Lee. So apparently things have changed up there. And when I went up end of April with a couple of friends, we went to Cottonwood Canyon Road heading up into the Grand Staircase and I took them to Hackberry Canyon. And I pulled into the dirt parking area, and number one, there's like 10 other vehicles there, so people have found out about it. Um, number two, my cell phone worked there. I could send photos from this dirt road in the middle of nowhere. Nobody lives there. It is literally the middle of nowhere. Why they're actually doing wireless service in that area, it's not to make money. So uh, as I've said previously, I used to work in telecom. I know how much a cell tower costs. They're not cheap. And to have five or ten people a day using it in this super remote area blows my mind that a telecommunications carrier actually made that investment in a place that rarely sees real traffic in comparison to being in a town or being in a city. So when I got to Hackberry Canyon, I already had in mind that Josh and Lee's experience down in the Vermilion Cliffs was that they actually had cellular camping at this primitive campsite in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, it's a good drive south and it's a good drive north, and there's not many people around there. So I wasn't super surprised uh, getting onto Cottonwood Canyon Road that my cell phone actually worked. Well, I was a little surprised, but I was also a little disappointed because that really took away from that 
I'm in a remote place. I'm on an adventure. I'm somewhere where people have rarely been. 99.99% of the global population will never physically see this. Oh, hey, I've got cell phone service. I can Facebook with somebody. I can send an Instagram from the parking lot. Um, it, that changed the flavor of the trip for me. And it changed the flavor of the Vermilion Cliffs to me as well when Josh and Lee got in touch. And they, it was great to see all the images from their trip into, into the wave. It was great to see their images from their trip into Wire Pass, this really awesome slot canyon that's a pretty short hike from the parking area. It's a little over a mile. Um, but to actually be getting that live update from this place that in my head is ultra remote really changes the experience because that I guess that little hint of danger I'm out here in the middle of nowhere I'm basically a day from help um, there's not many convenient ways to communicate with people all of that adds to the excitement of that remote wilderness place and now in that remote wilderness place I can hang out at the edge of the canyon and conduct conference calls it just changes it doesn't it now, back before I had the Airstream, when I lived in New Hampshire, we had a Eurovan Weekender. So that had the pop top and we could sleep in it. It had a little mini fridge and we'd travel often with a pair of Labradors and my ex and myself. And we like going up to Pittsburgh, New Hampshire. And while I was still working in telecom, um, one of the things that I really enjoyed about the trip to Pittsburgh, New Hampshire, when you got up to the Canadian border, my pager didn't work. So if AT&T wanted to page me, they couldn't. Um, you know, and it was my day off, so or my vacation. And so to me, having these places where you can disconnect gives it that more remote wilderness adventure feeling. Now, I don't know. Maybe that's not you. Maybe... Maybe you don't mind it and you just turn that cell phone off. Or maybe you like the fact that, um, you know, you can message friends all day long from the top of this cool rock formation called Yellow Rock. So you can hang out there and still have your conversations and still be tied into social media. For me personally, I think some of these remote areas, I, I'd like to see them stay remote. But I think over time, we're, we're going to have fewer and fewer truly remote locations and I don't know if that's going to add to your adventure or take away from your adventure. Mobile tech is incredible, and the fact that I can work out of my Airstream uh, and earn a living is just amazing. And the fact that I can go to all these locations, even off-grid locations like Anza Borrego, California, or Quartzsite, or Imperial Dam, all of these Bureau, you know, Bureau of Land Management long-term visitor areas, it's incredible that I can still get work done there. You know, I've got my Airstream set up for solar. So my boondocking, my total remote camping, isn't as remote as you'd think it is because I'm still tied into the world. But I like to think to myself that we've still got some of that remote wilderness in places. And learning about all the changes near the Vermilion Cliffs and the Grand Staircase Escalante in the back of my head has diminished some of that some of that adventure. So how about you? What do you think? I mean, do you uh, do you feel like the adventure is taken away because you're still totally connected in these places? Or do you say to yourself or say to me even, hey Rich, you know, 
I just turn the phone off, put it in my pocket, and it is a, it is still an adventure. And don't get me wrong, going to these places is still an amazing adventure. They're stunning. It's just the overall, you know, feeling of I'm super, super remote. No, I'm not. I, I can I can call friends and family from my tent, tell them I'm doing a okie dokie um, in this super remote area. So this on this podcast, I'd really like to hear back from listeners. So you can email me at rich at rlcdesign.net, or if you're an Anchor user, you can leave a voice message, only up to one minute, but leaving that voice message, I can include it in an upcoming podcast. So if you've got something to say or to chime in on this one, please feel free to. I'd love to hear from you guys. And by the way, so yesterday we got to see the Anchor FM uh, conference call or call-in show type thing where Kevin and I did a quick call-in, talked a little bit about his full-time experience and his family's full-time experience in their Airstream, and they're coming up on one year. Uh, I would like to make that a weekly thing where I talk to other RVers, whether you're full-time RVers or part-time RVers, whether you're trying to work from the road or you're already retired. I'd like to do some regular RV stories with folks. I'm going to be working more on that because I wasn't quite satisfied with the overall audio quality. Kevin came across a lot better than I did, and I think it's because of how I was holding the phone, but it forced it to speaker. So for the next one, I'm going to try the AirPods again and see if that will help with the sound quality on my side of the conversation from my iPhone to the next guest's phone. So if you've got any interest in that at all, and we can even talk about today's program. So if you want to do a call-in with me and tell me how you feel about remote wilderness experience and whether or not being tied into the digital network takes away from it or it adds to it, that would be a really great topic to talk to other people about as well. All right, everyone, I've got to get back to work. I'm still plugging ahead with my uh, new drone class, which will be getting announced here and getting announced on AZ Drone in the very near future. So I need to get back on it to get the intro section done and a couple of more um, sections on editing. And I'm still leaving it as a bit of a mystery, but you'll learn about it more very soon here. All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in to Tech Talk Tuesday. And no matter where you come down on that remote wilderness experience, we're all tied together here with the digital network running across our country and running across the globe. And I'm glad that your use of the digital network and communications has led you to the Airstream Chronicles podcast. I really appreciate you taking part of your day to spend with me. By the way, as always, the intro and exit music is licensed through soundstripe.com. And down in the show notes, if you're interested in getting music for your own projects, I have a link to Soundstripe. And you can click on that and sign up with Soundstripe today. All right, everyone, have an awesome rest of the week. It's only Tuesday, so we've got a couple more days in the work week, but I hope your week goes as well as mine's going.